and um, welcome to Fairy Unfiltered. And I have an amazing guest again. This week is Karen Lafty from Zenzone. So hello, hello, hello. How are you, mate? I'm awesome. I'm doing well. I'm doing Good. Well, um, we're going to dive into this. Um, Karen, you are a guru of, I would say, like mental health on everything along those lines. I say everything along those lines, like it's just one thing. There's, you cover loads of topics and I know how amazing you are. So let's talk about some of the things that you do at Zenzone then and just explain what you actually do back there. So Zenzone's a relatively new a new company and, and I think I guess what people probably don't know about it or don't recognise about it is actually I kind of get into the, the Zenzone side of things if you like just because I've got to a point in my own career where I was utterly frazzled. Do you know I, my background's in counselling and psychotherapy, I still have my counselling practice and I love it. Do you know I absolutely love what I do on that side of things, but self-care is so important and I was I was juggling too many things, I guess, at that point in my life. I was trying to have a successful 95 career, I was doing my private practice on the side of it, I was just about to get married, I had loads of stuff all happening at the one time and um, I was getting to that point where I just I couldn't wait to get to the end of every day, you know, I was just knackered constantly and I thought this isn't, I've not done all this work, I've not come this far to get to, you know, this point and want to jack it in. So I started looking at that point into self-care and thinking about what I could do, you know, how do you look after yourself better when your job is to look after other people? And through that, I started getting more and more into meditation, into mindfulness. I was actually looking for a retreat of all things online. So I've never been yeah, a Google search on like local places, or places in Scotland that you could go for a retreat because I just thought I need to get away. You know, I need to just phone off, disconnect from the world. And I found a beautiful place up just past Calendar called Lendrick Lodge. Right. And that was where I started my Reiki journey. So I turned up on day one of this Reiki course, no bloody idea what Reiki was, not a clue. And to start the course, Victoria gets everybody, that's the, the woman that's my Reiki master, she gets everybody sit down and say a wee bit about why you're there. And everybody else has all these fantastic reasons about like their other businesses and stuff and, and what's brought them to Lendrick Lodge. And I'm like, I don't really know why I'm here. I know that I seem to get really affected by other people's energies. I feel knackered all the time. And yeah, I'm here. And <laughs> she's like, Awesome, let's go, let's see what happens. And I that was the that was the start of that journey. So utterly frazzled to actually now it's just a passion and something that I, I totally love to be able to do. Nice, nice. Well, I know how good Reiki is. Um I, I love it. I, I'm not gonna lie. Uh before everything happened to me, I was like, Reiki, the fuck is Reiki? And what is this? <laughs> and all of that and but like you say, like it is so good. Like I now get people to go. I'm like, no, you need to go. Go to Cam. Go to go and get Reiki. And I, I, you help me so much with it. And I, I never understood it, but it's extremely powerful. Like it sounds really bizarre, but I, I, see, even though you're not physically touching the pair or doing it, but like, like you say, like, I, I, I used to think energy and all this stuff and I'm like, oh, away you go, you're happy. But see now, I, I totally get it and it helped me so much. I always remember going for Reiki. Um, my, my nurse sent me for Reiki and I went and the girl said to me, look, I'm going to do this with you. And I didn't know what it was and she explained, she went, look, if you trust me, let's just go with it. And I done it and I came out and I remember the Lord saying to me, you look like Chris again. And I, that wow. was one session. And then, Wow. You, you talking to Laura and me going to you 
And she just dropped you off at my house that day, remember? Aye, just, just turned up. Aye, literally just was like, you're <laughs> going to see Cam, dropped me off, and you just started doing Reiki. And uh, honestly, I think it's really quite bizarre because, like, I, I know you're supposed to, I, I think it's like a totally different like, day and age now. You're supposed to be like, oh, man's man, like, you don't hang with it. But I found it very quite emotional as well. Like, I think it brings out loads of emotions. And there was like certain things, like, I would go home and I would feel, I remember you saying to me, sometimes you'll feel physically drained. And, like, I literally went for Reiki with you at six o'clock, be in the house, she up the road to me, five past, ten past seven, and I'd be in my bed. I'd, right. I'd, and that would be me right through the next morning. I'd have the best sleep ever. I just think it is like you now I, I totally <laughs> stress to people that not stress, physical stress, but just say to people, Oh my god, you need to try this and give it a bash. So like do you do you feel when you're giving Reiki to people like I am saying to you, I go home and I'm I, I, I go to bed, do you ever feel like after you've done do you feel there's a limit to the amount of patience that you could see in a day? The way I think about it and the way I try and describe it is that that what you do in the process of, of giving Reiki to somebody is you're essentially channeling energy into different parts of their body. So basically, if you think about me, I'm just a conduit for energy to pass through. So the energy is coming through me and, and into you wherever it needs to go. And that's, I think that's the beauty of it is I don't need to be an expert in diagnosing what's going on. I don't, I deliberately don't want to know sometimes what's going on for people. What I need to understand and what I need you to, to be open to is, is just experiencing whatever comes to you because for some people and I think you feel to yourself at times there's very physical sensations that come when you're receiving oh, you know that like you can feel tingling some people feel heat or cool some people feel heavy or really light so some people get it in a really physical way but for other people it might be really strong thoughts that come to them or it might be like overwhelming feelings of emotion and that's just that's energy working in your body and going and doing whatever it needs to do and going wherever it needs to go so I'm not I'm not giving you my energy. I'm not taking on anything of yours. Do you know, I'm I'm basically just a channel for it to mm-hmm. to pass through and, and through the experience. And, and the more you do it, I think the more intuitive I feel I've become as a practitioner. So I now trust that if I'm like, as you know yourself, usually I'll start kind of around about your head and put my yes. hands on, on various different positions around about there. But if I get to a point where I think actually, right, that's enough, do you know, it's time to move on. Or sometimes, like, I think you experience that your body twitches at times as well, do you know, and that's a cue that, right, that's, that's maybe enough in that area, do you know, it's time to move on to a different, a different part. So it's just, just, <laughs> it's an incredible thing to be able to help people with. But for me, it's not, I'm not delivering Reiki, if you like, I'm, I'm just a channel that it passes through at that point in time. So I can do whatever's needed by people. It's some of the sensations you get. Like I've been with you, and like I, I remember, like the heat feel at my head. I actually thought my head was going to explode. And then there was another time. Obviously, we've had quite a few Reiki sessions. And then there was like another time. I was, like I actually thought I'd push myself. Remember, I said that to you. I actually physically thought I'd push myself. I was like, what? Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But it was the heat coming from my left leg it was insane. Yeah. And then there was another time I went. I was actually talking about this the other day, and like my right foot felt like there was air coming in and out of it and I was like it was the most bizarre but then you try to explain to people they've never had Reiki and they're like away you go and they're like no this is a real a real thing that I felt and that was that was the thing I I, the one I found like obviously we've spoke as well like I remember with you and you said to me I keep getting the colour red there was Mm. this and I was like that that was really bizarre for me because I literally opened my phone after I spoke to you and every image was red, red tops, red thing, and it was all red, red, red. I never wear red, and it was like red, and mm-hmm. I was like, 
weird. And I always remember when I was in, ho- just came out of hospital and I went for Reiki and um, Elaine that was doing it, lovely woman, and she said to me, I've got visions. There's this, I, I, she goes, I'm not a psychic in any way. She no. goes, but all the way through it, she goes, through this, I kept seeing you. Uh, I know you've got a daughter. She goes, so I'm not trying to say it. She goes, I, it was you. There was a, a girl. She goes, it was your wife. She goes, there was you, the wee girl with blonde hair, a wee girl with dark hair. She goes, and then there was a wee boy in the car, but they weren't just in a car. They were in a black pickup, right? And I was just like, <laughs> right? And she went, why are you looking at me like that? And I had get, I still get chills. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and she was like, why are you like that? I says, well, I says, I've got a wee girl. She's blonde. And then I, I was due, obviously, Laura was pregnant. I says, I've got a gut feeling. I says, I'm having another wee girl. I says, and obviously, I says, I want to go again. I says, and then um, I said, it'd be beautiful to have another wee, I'd have a, a, a wee boy. I said, but a, a wee girl would be amazing as well. I says, but the fact you see a black pickup as well, mm-hmm. I've always said, once I get rid of my van, I'm going to go back to a black pickup. And she was like, shut up. And I'm like, <laughs> I, and I was like, how did she went? I don't know. She goes all the way through doing the Reiki. That's all I kept seeing was you in this, in this area. And I was like, wow, it was so mm-hmm. bizarre. And I, she went, that's just, an, she goes, that doesn't happen all the time. And I'm like, really weird. Uh, I just, I, I, I love it. And I, I think, I know, I don't think, I know through and after COVID that people should, like we talk about, like their well-being, people need to invest in their well-being, mm-hmm. not be it money all the time, but be it like things that you, you have helped so many people in our community with meditation. So how do you, how did you get into meditate? Like, obviously, was that part of your course? Like, how did that well, happen? All. Um, meditation for me was, and it's funny hearing you saying about like that kind of bit you that's like this is just a load of nonsense, you know? Because that's me. That is absolutely me, and and that's something I'm really passionate about. Is I don't I don't talk about things that I don't ever understand and all of. I don't promote things that I don't feel there's some sort of basis, like a scientific basis in, and that's why like. I love like David Hamilton's work because for me that just it just nourishes a part of my brain where I can't understand what goes on at times but sometimes when you can talk to somebody smarter than you if you like that yes. can just go this is how it works you're like oh right okay I get it now mm-hmm. and I think for me that's why I love being able to use the tools and techniques if you like of mindfulness of meditation because when you work with people in a mental health way when you're when you're focusing if I think about my counselling practice People tend to come to counselling when they're in a really difficult place. You know, people don't tend to come to counselling just because they want a better life. And, and that's something that I really want to see shifting as we move forward. You know, that you don't need to wait until you're at the most difficult point in your life before you reach out and get some help. It's like, actually, do it as part of your, your, your monthly self-care, if you like. You know, get yourself somebody that you can go and you can speak to and, and invest in yourself. You know, we all have gym memberships. We, yes. we invest in, in eating nutritious foods we invest in making sure we've got fancy smartwatches in our wrists and it's like actually sometimes it's about really going back to basics and do a portion in how to breathe do you know how many people out there just breathe automatically we do it every day for the minute we wake up to the minute we die do you know mm-hmm. and yet we don't think about it we just don't think about it and, and actually being able to control your breath is one of the main techniques and one of the main tools in terms of just settling down that anxiety that so many people are feeling. So as you say, it doesn't need to be things that cost a lot of money. It can be just really thinking about, am I getting the best out of my life? Do you know, am I really, am I 
yeah, am I making the best out of these situations? Because it's easy to slip into that place of not having enough time, not having enough resources, not having enough energy to do anything. But it's like, actually, I think we just need to reframe it into where, where's my priorities? Exactly. And this is the way I feel a bit about uh, this whole situation with COVID-19. And I, I feel taking a, taking a positive out a negative is the fact that the world has had to slow down. We've Absolutely. had to slow down. We've we've had to take a, a step back. We now appreciate certain things. We appreciate our loved ones. We appreciate our family. We spend more time. If you've got kids, uh, you're living with you're living with your partner. You spend more. Time. Now, obviously, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it's, <laughs> you're either loving it or you're you're not loving it. But I mean, I, I love I, I love this. So I spend more time with my girls. I'm doing it. But like you talk about self-help, um, I. I I know through this that a lot of people are going to, like you brought up there, anxiety. Anxiety mm -hmm. is going to be a big thing. What if, how is things How is things going to pan out? How is things going to be when we get back to work? Is it going to be, I know things are going to change slightly. Yeah. I, I, I believe it's changing some things for the better. People that were absolutely clatty are washing their hands a lot more. So, I mean, you've got really good things like that. But... I really hope now that people will look at their mental health and look at anxiety and and sort of like you see invest in it a wee bit more. How are you feeling about how how are you feeling about the whole COVID nineteen and mental health? How are you feeling about it as a practitioner? It's interesting because I guess through some of my clients, something I've recognised is that for people who live with anxiety, for people who this is a a common everyday occurrence, if you like to feel anxious, to feel on edge it's probably the first time in their lifetime that they have felt completely validated because so many people out there are now feeling that exact same way. Do you know, mm -hmm. you've, you've probably seen it in your own friendship circles. I know I can think of people in my own life who have struggled at times and you always get somebody that goes, well, just give yourself a shake. Just, you know, you need to pick yourself up and get back on with it. And it's like, that can be meant in a well-intentioned way, but if you're living with this day in, day out, and, and if you feel like you're constantly on edge, this is bigger than just picking yourself up and giving yourself a shake and I think actually now that the general population has started to have that experience of anxiety I think that can only be a good thing in some ways for people who live with it you know because it's like yeah. actually it's not this foreign being anymore everybody's suddenly feeling that sensation of having to just be yeah feeling hyper aware of, of kind of what's going on around about them and having to be more conscious of how well or unwell they're feeling. This is I, I I've noticed a big thing regarding like um social connection with people with people with the whole like I'm not saying like touchy feel about the soul like a hug, a high five, like all these things getting stripped away from people who maybe not everybody's into that, but even just face to face contact. Uh, obviously we've went through we're obviously through Zoom, um, but like even through face to face like outdoor classes, like um doing that there was a massive uplift in people's like the, their happiness just the way they were there was bigger smiles doing it online there's obviously there's this break there's this i don't feel there's this which is the same i feel like with even just i think and see with the whole like um new relationships with people everything was fast everyone had to be quick everyone had to be online everyone was like click to do that whereas now i think people are realizing i actually miss having a conversation with somebody I miss just meeting somebody for a coffee whereas before it was like, I don't have time for that now I think people look at it and go do you know what I'm actually going to make time for that because mm -hmm. it's going to help me up here and 
that's the thing. I, I'm feeling. Are you are you sort of like preparing? Have you, have you had sort of, for instance, like obviously we don't delve into like your clients and stuff. Really bad with people with panic attacks, anxiety, like sort of fear of like what's happening. Are you finding that's like a big thing within your practice? I think anxiety and depression are probably the two biggest things that I deal with on a on a just a day to day basic level, I guess. But if I go back the other way to like the start of lockdown, I think for me something with anxiety that's incredibly powerful is, is education. You know, if people can understand what's going on in their bodies when they're going through that experience, then it gives them the power and the permission to do something about it. Mm-hmm. If you're caught up in it and you don't know what's happening in your body, then you almost feel victim to it, you know, because it's like, well, I don't know how to fix this, I don't know how to make it feel different. So if I go back the way first before we go forward, mm-hmm. for me, what I noticed certainly was at the start of lockdown, loads of people were in that state of really high alert, you know, they were panicking about everything, everything felt really fraught for that first maybe two, three weeks where folk were just all over the place. And in psychology, there's there's a theory um, by a guy called Abraham Maslow that talks about the hierarchy of needs. And it's one of those ones that quite a lot of people know the language of it, but it talks about like basically you have to fulfill your base level needs before you can kind of start to focus and concentrate on the next level up. So your bottom level of really basic human needs are things like food, shelter, um, access to like clean clothes, places to um, I, to live. Do you know, they're, they're just the really fundamental stuff. So that's your very base level stuff. The very top of that triangle, it sits in a triangle. So the very top of that triangle is what you call self-actualization. When people are in a space where they can almost like they've got their own stuff together enough to be able to start looking at helping other people about giving back to people. So it's like on that kind of scale. And if you think about it right at the start of the the COVID situation, people didn't have access to foods because stuff were flying off the shelves left, right and centre. You couldn't get toilet roll for love Uh and So when you're in a state where your basic needs are threatened and not likely to be met, that in itself is is a huge shift from what we're used to living with in the Western world. Do you know, Mm -hmm. if you go to parts of the rest of the world and there's people that live like that on a daily basis and, and that's their reality but for us here you know we're used to walking into Tesco and picking something up off the shelf yes. and don't give it a second thought so when that suddenly shifted and people couldn't go and lift a packet of pasta or they couldn't get toilet roll to wipe their backside suddenly everybody's anxieties go through the roof so that was the first kind of couple of weeks of COVID where people were going I don't know why I'm feeling this way and it's like well actually the fundamental things you need to survive and exist aren't they quite as readily available as you're used to them being? So for me, that made absolute sense that there was that feeling of just heightened panic everywhere. Yeah. So take yourself on a couple of months, obviously. We've kind of got used to that. The food supplies have evened out again. Everybody's kind of got used to their new normal. Mm-hmm. And that's felt safe because we know where the boundaries of that are. You know, you know, you don't touch other people. You know, you don't go out unless you need to go out. And that gave people that space to then suddenly start to breathe again and suddenly start to kind of go right. I know where the, the lines of this lie, that's fine, I can live like that. And now we're kind of coming out the other side of it and actually the boundaries are shifting again where you can see people, you can go out and it doesn't need to just be for essentials. So again, the more those goalposts move, the more uncertain people become about that situation. You know, it goes back to that feeling of, right, how okay is this? Uh-huh. So it's felt like a really kind of natural trajectory right through it that now that we're starting to come out, people who have kind of used to lockdown and people who have been okay with that feeling of right and all oh, just stay home don't, mm-hmm. don't that. it's now like right well you're expected to get back in public transport and go back into your office or you're expected to 
start taking your kids to clubs again, you know, and all yeah. of that stuff just needs that feeling of uncertainty. This is, and as you say, the progressing back into the normal. We're even preparing for that in the gym. I mean, we we know that like when people are coming back in, we'll need to everything hand sanitizer, visual like hand sanitizer, like, just that feeling of safe. Um, we need to have things like in the app where they know physically how many people are going to be in that class, and we're having to do that. It's it is it's a, it's a different time. There was a great one, um, Simon Simon Sinek. He he done the other day, and he was talking about that, and he was saying after World War One, everything was different. Mm-hmm. Like your normal was now different, yeah. and then you went from World War One into World War Two, and your normal, which we thought was normal, was now different again. Mm-hmm. And then people after World War Two had a new normal, but that was their new normal. They had to get used to it, and that's what he says. He goes, "We as human beings will, will adapt." But like it's going to take it will take time, and like this is the new normal. There's no way that that physically want to be doing everything over the computer and social. I, I mean, I'm quite a huggy person. I love giving people hugs. I don't want it to that way, and that's the thing. It's I don't want it to be that way. But I know certain things will change, and I just think certain things had to change. Absolutely. The world couldn't keep up with the way it was going. It was going to burst at one point. And I'm glad, in ways I'm glad that things have slowed down. And I'm glad that people are appreciating things that they should have appreciated. And they're appreciating people they should have appreciated. And that's the good thing about it. Other things are very, very hard to live with. Even I'm like, oh my God. But I think it's one of the things you need to look at. I don't think I don't think I'm lucky, but I, I look at things in a way. I had somebody on the phone to me, and they were like, "Oh my God, how are you going to do it? Like, oh my God, what about the gym? What if the gym shuts down? What are you going to do? Oh my God, what are you going to do with this? And what are you going to do with that?" And it sounds really horrible, but I just went, "I've had worse." Right. And that was my. And they went, "What?" And I went, "Well, oh, I've had worse." And I, I looked at again my negative of having cancer to being a positive because nothing's worse than that. So th- that's if anything. Like, this will be fine. Like we'll all get through this. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like for for so many adults, they've never experienced that loss of control in a situation. You know, mm-hmm. we've got this misguided idea that we can control everything, and we're these all powerful beings that can master our universe. And it's like, let's get real for a second here. If you've lost somebody suddenly, you know, if you've experienced an illness like cancer that comes on suddenly, you know mm-hmm. that. Anybody who's lived through anything like that recognises the the real lack of control that we have in our lives, you know, that that idea that so much of our our future that is out with our hands because we can't control lots of those things. And Mm -hmm. that's for me where it became really interesting that there's people like yourself that have got that kind of experience and can talk from that place of going, well, actually, do you know what, everything else will will fall into place, it'll be okay. But if you've never experienced anything like that before, if you're lucky enough to have got to outraged, you know, and and not have experienced that sudden lack of control in your world, then I, COVID's probably hit you pretty hard. Exactly, and this is the way I I keep thinking about it. It's things like you say, like um, talking about it's people coming back into it and what would you, what's some of your your tips that you would say to people that you would go, do you know what, like start with and like really basic and then how would you maybe like small simple progressions for people with maybe feeling anxious, maybe a bit depression coming on, um, things like that. What would be some of your top tips to help people through this situation? 
One thing I always say to clients is that we can't necessarily always be responsible for what occurs in our world. You know, sometimes people come into our lives that cause chaos and sometimes situations come along that cause chaos. But we are absolutely 100% responsible for knowing how to soothe and settle ourselves. You know, you need to know what works for you. So sometimes in the therapeutic process, you're looking at different like, tools and techniques for how people can have better self-care routines but ultimately it's up to you to then go out of that room and, and practice and figure out what works for you. Do you know I know I know what I need to do when I'm overstimulated when there's too much going on for me I know how to kind of settle and ground myself so for me step one is always get to know what works for you. Right. Some people work best by being more social so they want to go out and they chat to people and they talk and tell their story and that's how they process other people need to go into a room and shut a door and not speak to people, do you know? So it's understanding mm -hmm. where you're coming from in the first place. So for me, there's always something about get to know what works and what doesn't work for you and build from that. As I say, there's really basic things I think everybody could do better, like breathing, do you know? Yes. <laughs> like that. But it's like, learn how to breathe, learn the difference between breathing right at the top of your chest, you know, and that really shallow breath that we take versus those big deep belly breaths and that's why I love like being able to lead meditation and mindfulness sessions because so much of that is about coaching your body ultimately back into a space of rest and relaxation rather than being in this kind of fight or flight mode all the time yeah and that's maybe something else just to explain that 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 anxious response that we have comes from our fight or flight response just we'll fight fight flight or freeze Mm -hmm. And again, if you can recognise what's triggering you in that moment, so when you notice those symptoms of anxiety, if you notice some of the really common ones, I guess, are like your heart palpitations, sweaty palms, feeling nauseous, you know, your stomach gurgling, feeling clammy, all of those things that people, I guess, would usually associate with anxiety. When you notice them happening in yourself, just stop and, and, and ask, what, you, what is it that's going on? What uh -huh. is it that's triggered this in me? Because again, if we can start to unpack it a wee bit and understand a bit about why am I feeling like that? Do you know I'm standing in the middle of Morrison's? What is it that's going on for me just now? Mm -hmm. Then you can do something about it. Whereas if you just kind of blindly deal with the symptoms all the time, you don't get to the root cause of it. Uh -huh. For me, again, a lot of the time, it's, it's slowing it down. It's, it's questioning. It's being curious. What is it? Do you know why am I feeling that way? Rather than just going, oh my God, my heart's going 100 miles an hour, I need to sit down. It's like mm -hmm. that, you know, let's, let's try and break it down a wee bit. And reminding yourself you're safe. Do you know that fight or flight response is something that is, is absolutely intrinsic to us as human beings. And it's kept us safe. It's helped us evolve to where we are now. But it was designed to fight off tigers and lions, you know, when we had to go and hunt for our food. It's not designed to be dealing with our modern day life now. And that's where I think we could totally... We totally miss it, you know, we miss the mark of what it is because that's such an automatic response that actually my boss screaming at me down the telephone, I'm not going to die, do you know, he's not he's no coming down the phone to kill me, I just need to remember to take a breath and assure myself that I'm safe and that it's okay and, do you know, I'll get through this. Aye. Other than that immediate fear of, oh my God, and then, yeah, your, your hormones are flooding through your body at that point. Well, this is it, and I, I, I think during all this as well, you've got your anxiety, you get people people overthinking, um, like through all of this, the, the brain's just working overtime, yeah. and that that's the thing I've noticed through this. I, I'm looking at people on, for instance, social media. The 
double-edged sword of the world. It's, it can be amazing in one aspect, but other aspect it can be absolutely horrendous. Absolutely. And through through lockdown, I, I've seen people with their posts, uh, uh, things, and you're like, you are crying out for help here. Yeah. But then you you maybe, how are you? How are you doing? Like just uh, just general chat. I'm fine. And it's like you can tell you're not. Do you know what I mean, it's like things like that, and it's it's a shame because I don't think people know how to express like how they're feeling. I don't think people know when to like. See what you said like, earlier on. The great thing was like a monthly check or a, just a check in. I don't think people do that enough, and that's a, that's a problem. I, do, I never did that enough, and I know I didn't do that enough. And sometimes I'm still my own worst enemy that not doing it. But I'll take time out now. I'll go a walk. I'll and I'll physically make myself go to walk if it doesn't mean like I'll organise in my group of clients but do you want to go to walk because it'll physically make me do it and mm -hmm. it'll take my mind off of something because I know for that hour I'll just waffle shite and they'll waffle shite and it's just a bit of not work chat there's yeah. not Covid chat it's just probably like oh what that happened oh really and then it's just one of the things and that that's what I like and that's my wee thing that I do but People do need more check-ins. Are you are you finding more people are coming for Reiki, or are you finding it's still one of these things that people are like, meh? I'm going to say something controversial before we go into that though, and and this might sound a bit harsh, but I've I've been in private practice in my counselling for mm -hmm. 12, 13 years now. Right. I've worked with a lot of people in that time, and and one of the biggest things I really struggled to get my head around when I first started working with people was that people need to want to change. Mm -hmm. People need to want to change. And all too often, people come with their set of symptoms. They come with their, I can't sleep or I feel stressed out all the time. But they don't want to do the work to do anything different. 100%. And that's where I think a lot of people fall at the first hurdle, you know. And that's where people come out and go, Reiki's all of the shite, you know. Or, I that meditation's not for me. And it's like, actually, you're not doing the work. Yes. You're not doing the work to change it. And if you don't do the work to change it, then you're going to still be sitting in the same set of circumstance six months, six years down the line, you know. And yes. I think that's where, like, when you're saying about seeing things in social media, I see it in my own friendship groups as yes. well, you know, that mm -hmm. you see people that are just, they're always about the problem. They're always about woe is me and never about actually gratitude, 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 gratitude. For me, it's at the heart of everything. If you can't be thankful for what you've got, there's something really not going well in your world, do you know? And, and I can't understand, and that's the bit of me just as a human being, I can't understand people that want to stay in that place. I really, that's what I'm saying, I really struggled initially to recognise that you could be working with the best therapist in the world and still not get results if you don't want to do the work, do you know? And then it, it for me, it's, that's where sometimes when people come out and go, oh, that didn't work for me. It's not to say I'm the right person for everybody, I'm absolutely not, mm -hmm. do you know? There'll be people that, I just don't gel with it, I don't work well with and that's fine. But people need to take their own responsibility, I think, in that as well and recognise what is it that's not working for them as much as what is it that isn't working on the side of the, the person trying to help them, whether that's a pal or a professional. I 100% agree with you. I do not think it's controversial at all because, well, maybe me and you are controversial because <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm obviously coaching background and if somebody is not willing to put in the work, then I'm not... I, I, I I'm not Jesus. I can't turn water into wine. Like it's one of these things. I, I, I just I, you can give them the tools, 
I can Absolutely. set your calories, I can show you how to do it, I will even give you eating plans, you stick to that eating plan, oh, here is your training plan, lift this weight, lift these reps, do this, come these days that you can go right nitty gritty, right down to that, but at the end of the day, if they don't do the work that you said, it's, it's their thing, and that's it, I 100% agree with you, because from that whole aspect, like you're saying, people not willing to help themselves. I, I've been there, I've been down, I've been very, very dark when I came out of hospital to the point, very, very dark thoughts. And it only it was only me that could fix it. And yeah. that's the thing. And it, it, don't be wrong, I, I dragged it out. Do you know what I mean? And it took a physical phoning. I need uh, to pick up the phone and say, look, I, I need help. Mm-hmm. But to be seeing my wee girl ask, why are you upset, Daddy? Like, and there was no reason. Like in that room, there was no reason for me to be upset. I mean, I had a beautiful wife, a beautiful daughter sitting there, bursting greeting. Why? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So it physically took me to pick up from going. I don't actually know what the fuck is wrong with me. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to help me here, and that is very hard. But people need to do that, and it's the same with people with maybe like a drop in body fat, weight loss journey, rehab, like um, for injuries. I need help. I, I don't. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And that's the thing. Like you say. I'm not the right person for everybody. I might not gel with them. They might think, look, I don't have a good fit with you. That's fine. There's plenty more PTs, coaches in the world that can go and help you find the right one. I won't take offence. And that's the thing. It's the whole was me. That's That burst my tits. And that's like me being polite. And I just talk to Really, at the end of the day, they can fix that, but they need to be willing to fix it. Read a book, go to a counsellor, go and see it. Go on about and becoming an energy vampire, no. You need to physically go and talk to somebody. But the thing is, it could be the most random person they could talk to. It doesn't right. Absolutely. It could be a friend. It could be not necessarily a friend. And I've found that in the gym. I've found that I've had people come down, and I'm not a therapist. And like Maybe I'm because I'm a, a PT. That apparently is a thing. But <laughs> um, that's the thing I've found. I've had people come down, and they've sat with me, and I've made them a coffee and they've sat and they've opened up crying talking talking about things that I was sitting there going but I don't go oh my god what are you tell me for I just sat and I just listen and then that same and they're like oh, thanks very much and that's part of the thing that I've wanted to go down I was actually having this conversation last night with somebody I found now after having it happened to me I want to push more into a mental health background of like how how can I physically help people more mm-hmm. and that's why I always find your job so interesting like the Reiki the therapy the counselling I think it's so so interesting because like you say you, your honest opinion is very good there like people need to be willing to help themselves I quite often will say to people when they come through my door back when people did come through the door <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say to them like especially if it's somebody coming and saying like oh do you know I've not been able to sleep for the last two years I just I can't do it or somebody that's coming through the door that's saying oh my relationship's been attached for years now and we need some support to get it back on track first question i'll ask people is why now why are you here now what is it that's changed because you've had two years of enduring that and either done nothing to this point or or the things that you've done haven't delivered for you so what's changed why do you feel ready to tackle this now Mm -hmm. and that's for me where the work starts because i think really quite quickly you get to that understanding of right well what's changed, you know, I think it's Tony Robbins talks about how sometimes you need to be at crisis point before you'll reach a breakthrough, you know, you need to get to a point where actually you dig deep and you think, right, well, I've got two choices, I stay still and and keep going through this, or I do something different and hope to God it makes a difference here, you know, and it's, I I just find it really interesting, that idea that 
people will tolerate things for a really long time sometimes before they actually go right hang on a minute here this isn't okay for me anymore uh-huh. No, I 100% agree with you. And that's one of the first questions I ask people when they're, they're going to do PT. I, I just say, why? Why, why, if, why of all times have you decided now you need a personal trainer? Yeah. Or because, and you're like, there's not, it's not, oh, well, I need to think of this stress, bollocks. What's the real reason? Mm-hmm. There's obviously another reason. Oh, well, and then, as you say, there's always going to be another issue. And it's just trying to like chip away, find it, and then say, help them. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, you're just guiding them. A wee bit on the right path, so mm, very interesting, Cam. So I think the thing though is that people are starting to recognise themselves. You know, people are like I was thinking about this before we come onto this today. That if you go to other parts of the world, people are really open. Like if you go to America, everybody's in therapy. Everybody's in therapy. Everybody has a therapist. It's just what folk do out there. If you go to parts of the Eastern world, everybody's into Reiki and meditation and mindfulness, and that isn't questioned. That's just what you do. Do you know? And I think sometimes. You're a wee bit behind the trend in a lot of ways, you know. We still have that stiff upper upper lip, and we don't we don't talk about our feelings, and and it's like bollocks to all of that. You know, if you're struggling and you need help, get it. Don't don't feel ashamed. Don't feel embarrassed. Just find somebody that you trust enough to want to be honest with. This is that, and it's that this whole is. I feel it's a west of Scotland <laughs> mentality, and. Aye, and it's one of the things, so I, I spoke to my mate, so my mate's getting married at the weekend, right, and he's doing, the wee man's doing amazing, right, and it like, but the, we talk about the Westy Scott mentality, doing, done, so successful, he was doing amazing, quantity surveyor, building up his, but he was doing great, progressing within companies, went to New Zealand, now he's in America, right, when he was here, people were always like, I, wee dick, um, blah, 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 driving about and that, wasn't well done that he's doing really well and that's what we spoke about this a couple of months ago and that's what he said he'd bought himself a new car and he was in america and somebody came up to him and went what a lovely car you've got you and he went oh you know what do you do and he went oh what you're obviously very successful for your age well done right and he was like thanks very much and he was saying to me see if i was back home i'd never get that and i was like exactly mate i was saying it's just that Whole, uh, there's always to be a flaw. How did you get that? Did your mom and dad buy you that? Bet you didn't work for it. And you're like, oh, for goodness sake. And that's the thing. And it's, I think, as you say, we are a wee bit behind with so many aspects. And I just, I'm hoping now that we are progressively going to start changing because, especially within the North Lanarkshire area, you've got like, mental health. Um, there's a lot of things that are happening with North Lanarkshire that I do feel people need to talk about um, and some people are going very very dark and they do need to open up and I do believe things like like workshops that you've done like you've done these workshops that mm-hmm. these are type of things that people need to invest in if it's 10 20 pound then you could go to the pub and buy two pints three pints why not invest that in yourself and that's the thing it's like when you notice what's the first that if people look at their their bank statement they're like oh we're going to go on holiday what would I better cut I'll cut the gym. Oh, I that thing that was helping you progress towards your holiday, you're going to cut that because right. you can now go and buy the Givenchy trainers that you're going to go and buy. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> that you need to invest in smarter ways for yourself. So, yeah, Cam, this has been brilliant, by the way. I'm pure loving this. I don't really want to end the chat, but I know you've obviously got something else. So now I'm going to dive into other things. I want right. people to find a bit more about you. So Cam, obviously this is called Fairy Unfiltered and the whole idea of this was to actually make you a coffee and I'd be giving you a coffee. 
Well, last time you made me a coffee, Chris, it gave me anxiety for about three days. It was that bloody strong. No, 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 Cam. It's good Italian coffee. That's <laughs> what it is. It's, it's, you're, not, you're, just, you're just getting used to it. That's the only thing. So what I want you to think about is uh, what type of coffee would you have? I'm just a, a, a flat white gal through and through, straight That's up. Flat white. I'll give you that. That's okay. That's okay. I'll give you that. Right. Go to the next one. If I to make your pizza, what would you have on your pizza? Swear to God, you better watch your answer here. <laughs> I've, I've been prompted to say pineapple, but I shan't. No, definitely. Pizza-wise, I'm a spinach and ricotta. Oh, look at you. I like it. I like it. And we need to go on to the next question. If I to get if to have a dinner table and you to have five people come along, who would your guest be? Dead or alive? Can I have either? Oh, dead or alive. They won't be physically dead. They'd come back, but they would be alive. Not zombies. They would be themselves. Five people. Five? Yeah, oh, five. That's a lot. Um, definitely the first person I'd love to meet dead is Kurt Cobain. I would love to have met him. He's somebody I just think I. I'd love to be in a room with him. So I'll love him. Um, Adele. I would have Adele. I'd like I think to I'd like to just go to the pub with her, if I'm honest. I think she sounds like a bit of a laugh. I would take her my good night out. I like it, right? I like it. Um, Jason Momoa, just in case he had to lift heavy things for me, you know. Ridiculously handsome as well. <laughs> uh, who else is that? Oh, Shonda Rhimes, who was the woman that wrote Scandal. Mm, no. She's an American producer. She's, uh, she's one of the folks that's got a really beautiful mind. Oh, okay. And who else would I have? I'm totally going to go and Google her now just to see what this is of it. She tells a good story, but she's done a book called, I want to say, is it A Year of Yeses? Because right. somebody in her family told her she'll never say naughty things, and it's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite interesting. Mm. Um, and I'll go for David Hamilton. I'll take him as my fifth seat, just because I could. he's one of the folk I'd love to just pick his brains without having to pay a lot of money to do it. Do you know what I mean? Around a table for a couple of hours, that'd be quite interesting. I'm a Dave Hamilton fanboy. Uh, I like him. Nice guy as well, mate. Really nice guy. So I, 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 like, your, I like your dinner table now. So spinach and ricotta pizza all around. Yeah. It is an interesting table. Do you know what I like about that? I like it. People have all get different people that would come and it's really quite good because sometimes you're like, really? Would you have them? But like, uh, Kurt Cobain is one that I would like that's actually a belter. Like I would, I'd like, I'd love to know more about Kurt Cobain because I mean, he was, was up there, man. He was just like the pure pinnacle of his career. I went through a total grunge phase when I was younger and just thought it was the best thing to slice bread. So I'd love to actually have the opportunity to, to speak to him, you know, and get into that mind, beautiful mind. Aye, because he had quite a hard upbringing. Like, you know, right. I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be very interesting. Cam, thank you very, very much for joining me. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I think we're going to get you back on and we're going to start another, we'll go and go another subject. Um, but no, thank you so much for joining me today. I really yeah, appreciate well, it. What's that? Just, just you. Just, they'll yeah, just phone in. Yeah. We could maybe do that where people write in questions and they could ask us things and you could answer them. I'll just be like, really? That's what I'll do. That's really <laughs> my bit. Um, but no, I really appreciate taking the time to uh, come on the podcast and share your knowledge. So thank, thank you, you so man. much. And um, yeah, thanking you. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye.